You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. As you already know, I am your host, Kyra. And on today's episode, I want to touch on the topic of this Carly Russell apology child. And I also want to get into these IG uh, influencers that are out here scamming and getting caught up. So I want to first start off with the Carly Russell situation. Now, I'm sure all of you have heard about this story. It has gained national acclaim. Um, And to hear the fact that this whole situation was all a hoax in the end is really unsettling, especially because there's so many black women and young black women as well that go missing, that don't get any national coverage. Most of the police don't even bat an eye to search for these young women that go missing. Now, for those of you that do not know this, you know, black women only make up 7% of the U.S. population, but make 20% of the missing person cases. And last year, there were 90,000 black women that went missing and still have not been found to this day. So there was a lot of people saying, you know, if Carly was a white girl, they would have been out there trying to look for her. And, you know, now that we're finding out it's a hoax, what is the difference between, you know, what she did and any other white woman that never got charged for uh, lying about a hoax? Listen, that's bullshit. The reason why people went looking for Carly is because she's a black woman. And the fact of the matter is People put out tweets and people put out the notifications to the police department, the Hoover Police Department in Alabama in regards to this because they know that a lot of black women go missing and they're never found and no one ever does a damn thing about the whole situation. So because the community and the people around the nation put so much pressure on the police force to go and look for her, they did that. Okay, and so to make this a race situation, it's not that we also have to remember there was a recent claim and there was a recent situation that occurred um, with the Northern California lady um, where she was a white influencer um, and she had claimed that two Hispanic people had kidnapped her, her children. And that turned out to be all a lie. How it turned out that. It was all a lie was because the two people who um, were in the store who she's claiming kidnapped her kids, they recognized themselves on national TV. And because they recognized themselves on national TV, they turned themselves in and let the police know that this was all a lie, that they never kidnapped anybody. And so in investigating the situation, they came to find out that this mother was, in fact, lying. And now she's facing criminal charges and will face jail time. And there's been many other women, white women, that have created hoaxes and they've been prosecuted for it. Now, I, in this particular situation, feel that Carly Russell definitely should be prosecuted. Now, before I go into this whole apology video that I want you all to listen to, uh, for those of you that are not familiar with this case, Carly Russell um, on July 13th went missing. Well, she had reported that she was on the interstate and that she had seen a baby walking with the diaper and just a T-shirt on. And so she had reported this to police. While she was reporting this to police officers, she decides to, 
disconnect from the police uh, call and contact her boyfriend's sister to have a conversation with her in between this 911 call. So in her getting back on the line with the police officers, you know, they're asking her all these questions, like, how is anybody around the baby, X, Y, Z, and... All of a sudden, you just kind of hear the phone go, Daddy, you hear all this commotion going on in the background. And the phone eventually disconnects and she goes missing for a couple of days. During her time that she went missing, this woman went to uh, a convenience store to buy herself some snacks. She had created this elaborate story that someone had came out from the bushes, had abducted her, took her into the bushes and took her back to a house. There was a woman that allegedly had played with her hair and all of this stuff. And so a couple of days later, 48 hours later, she shows up at her parents' doorstep. And she shows up at her parents' doorstep with a hundred and something dollars in her shoe. And she claimed that the people that abducted her had given her the money. Now, that don't even make any sense. And also in her claim, she claims that while she was abducted, there was a woman that was playing with her hair and fed her cheese and crackers. But when the cops investigated the situation, they seen um, that she had went to the store and she had bought all of these snacks and she had created this whole elaborate lie. So now everything is pretty much coming to the surface about her lies. Her boyfriend had recently spoke out about the situation and he's calling for everybody to take it easy on her and not to bully her because of her mental health and yada 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 the boyfriend's sister has spoken out about the situation and she went in on her she let it be known that she didn't think that it was cool what carly had did and the boyfriend did uh, mention that as well but i want you all to take a listen to this apology video and I want to come back and discuss this. Good afternoon. Thanks to everyone for attending again today. I want to thank the members of our department and all of law enforcement who played a role in the investigation of this case. Last Wednesday, July 19th, we held a press conference and provided you with the facts of the Carly Russell disappearance. We told you the investigation was ongoing. We helped you determine where Carly was within the 49 hours of her disappearance. Today, I've talked to and received a statement from Mr. Emery Anthony, attorney for Carly Russell. Mr. Anthony has scheduled a meeting for Carly to meet with investigators early this afternoon, but then I received an email stating that a statement was being provided by him on her behalf. Mr. Anthony asked that I read the statement in its entirety, which I will do now. My client has given me permission to make the following statement on her behalf. There was no kidnapping on Thursday, July 9th, 13th, 2023. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident, but this was a single act done by herself. My client was not with anyone or any hotel with anyone from the time she was missing. My client apologizes for her actions to this community. The volunteers who were searching for her, to the Hoover Police Department and other agencies as well, as to her friends and family. We ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues and attempts to move forward, understanding that she made a mistake in this matter. Carly, again, ask for your forgiveness 
and prayers. We have a meeting scheduled with Mr. Anthony to further discuss this case. We're currently in discussions with the Jefferson County District Attorney's Office in Bessemer about possible criminal charges related to this case, and we will announce those charges when and if they are filed. All right, so you all have listened to that video. And so my thoughts on this is, I feel her making the apology through her lawyer is a very cowardly situation. And I also don't feel like she is remorseful for anything that she had did. And the reason why I say that is because she had put out a tweet and it looks like she had been active on social media during her whole disappearance. And there was a tweet that she had ended up liking recently in regards to, you know, the whole situation. And this is why I don't feel that she's remorseful. So it says someone had tweeted and Carly had liked this tweet. It says, Carly, I ain't mad at you. As messed up as it sounds, you had to do what you needed to do for self-preservation. The Bible says, you without sin shall cast the first stone. May the Lord be with you and all the families deeply affected by the situation. That's some bullshit right there. Now, there was a woman, um, a mother, a couple of years ago, and her daughter was from Alabama. And her daughter had been abducted at a gas station and was killed, unfortunately, by her abductor. This mother was one of the people that was a part of the search team in finding Carly Russell. And, you know, she spoke out about the situation. She gave prayers. She did the best that she could in order to help find her. And to hear the fact that she had, hear this woman's daughter never was able to make it home. And to see how Carly Russell had created this hoax and was able to make it home is really disheartening to me because there were people that have been affected by their children or loved ones being abducted that have never been able to make it home successfully. And to hear that you have someone playing on the issue right now, which is a lot, a lot of people on social media are discussing the fact that there's so many black women that are going missing and no one cares and someone should care. And so now you have people that are caring. I mean, this great, this gained national acclaim. Everybody was looking for her. Everybody wanted her to make it home safely. And to hear that she created this elaborate hoax is bullshit. And I personally feel like she needs to be prosecuted about the whole situation. Now, there is another tweet that had came out. Um, and apparently this there was a search. Like I said, there's a search team that was out looking for Carly Russell. And I guess the Hoover police are trying to keep some of the information that they found out under wraps for whatever reason. But there was someone who was a part of the search team that you know, was uh, that made a statement about what's kind of going on behind the scenes. And it reads, she was sticking to that. She was abducted. She says that she was lured into the woods by some people who live in the woods, described a person with orange hair, balding on top and tied her up and drove her around and put her in an 18 wheeler and fed her Cheez-Its for two days. And they painted her nails. They keep her on 150 somewhere. And somehow she manages to get 
away and runs through the woods to her neighborhood until she gets to a house and then goes to the hospital. Hoover got some ring doorbell footage from her neighborhood and it just shows her walking casually until she gets close to her house and then starts sprinting and flaunting her arms and acting a fool. Now, that is just some crazy shit, y'all. That is just really some crazy shit. Now, there was someone else that had put out a post in regards to the situation who was also a part of the search team. And they had said this. All I'm going to say is this. I had a long conversation with one of the people who were part of Carly's search party. The entire town is pissed because they weren't given any updates after they showed up to her doorstep. It's alleged, it's alleged that she went through a breakup with her boyfriend and planned her own kidnapping to get, the, to get his attention. She was at the Red Roof Inn for two days. She called her cousin saying that this plan escalated too quickly and she don't know what to do. This is the discussion happening that in that small town. It's alleged the town is pissed because they helped search for her. They're saying if anybody is owed an explanation, it's them. And I can understand their perspective. Now, we also have to remember there were people that put up GoFundMes in order to help bring back Carly Russell. And I believe the GoFundMe um, got up to about $63,000. And um, from what I understand, no one's getting their money back from this situation. And if you look at Carly and, you know, what her pictures look like on social media and the neighborhood that she had lived in and looking at her parents and their house and everything... Carly came from a pretty well-to-do family and Carly was living in a suburban area. There's a photo on her um, Twitter account where she's posing with a new BMW that she was given. The house that she lived in was nice. It was a big house. And um, what they're also saying in regards to this whole Carly situation is part of the motive behind it was that her boyfriend was allegedly there were some hard times that they had fell on they were kind of at odds with each other he had cheated on her with the stripper and she had got into it with this stripper and so here's one of the messages that carly had sent this young lady so it says bitch please he told me everything you said about me and you thought i told him to say that wasn't even with him you're delusional as fuck if you think your little conversation was anything more than con- convenience and the fact that he used you to get back at me out of anger you want to talk about I don't compare to you on your worst day girl bye you're miserable and at least should be and at least being a stripper to prove for a child I've heard you hold for multiple people so not surprised you don't know who your baby daddy is mention me or contact my nigga again and you'll see I'm not the one to play with you don't want you and your whole family touched you're poor I'm rich you're a stripper I'm a nurse you're ugly I'm bad as fuck you you could never pitiful bottom of the barrel child lord my tongue is in a twister reading that goddamn foolishness right now now once again like i stated she comes from a pretty well-to-do family um but what's interesting is she's making it seem like when you look at her and her um social media accounts she looks like this sweet girl you know that's just living her best life but in that conversation that she had with this side chick 
she seems like a very cunning person. The things that she was saying to this girl and threatening to get her family touched really says a lot about who she is as a person. And the fact that she created this whole hoax and now she she can be so big and bad in this conversation with this side chick. But yet I find it funny that she couldn't go on national TV and uh, talk face to face with the whole nation and let us know that she's sorry for what she did, which obviously she's not. But the fact that you can be so boisterous in this conversation with the side chick, but you can't have that same energy when it comes to going on national TV and apologizing to all the people that spent hours and time looking for you and praying for you and hoping that you come back safely is some bullshit. And that's even more reason why I think she needs to be prosecuted. And a lot of people also talked about Carly's mental health. And even her boyfriend, um, he had spoke out about the situation, like I said, and he was, you know, pleading with people not to bully her. However, the boyfriend's sister was letting it be known to everybody that she did not agree with what Carly did and thought it was crazy. And even the boyfriend was saying that he had thought it was crazy. And people were saying, you know, her mental health is in a turmoil when she had turned back up at her house and the police came to question her about the situation. Um, the police, even when they had, you know, discussed what happened when Carly Russell had showed up, they had said that her mental health was not the best at the time. And so the parents, they, out of respect for the family, they were not going to press too much with the issue. Um, however, I don't think anything was wrong with her mental health. If you look at her uh, Twitter account, she's tweeting a lot about, you know, her boyfriend and how he did her. And she seems heartbroken about it, but she doesn't seem distressed. She doesn't really seem to me like, you know, she is going through a mental breakdown. Now, I mean, I know when you've been with someone for a long time and you love them and, you know, she was talking about love and all this stuff on her tweets, it can definitely put your mental health in a certain, you know, compromising situation. But why I really feel like this wasn't a mental breakdown was because she planned this whole elaborate scheme. When people are having mental breakdowns, they don't come up with this hoax that they're doing of going fucking missing and going to the store, buying food, lying about a baby on an interstate. And another thing that really sparked a lot of concern when people were questioning the situation because there was a lot of people that were, you know, saying, you know, I, I don't understand why people are questioning, you know, the whole situation because certain people felt like it didn't really make any sense. And so when people were questioning and it was like, well, what happened to the baby? You know, with the diaper walking on the side of the freeway, a lot of people started jumping down their throats for that. But it was because people are using their own cognitive dissonance to try to put two and two together and they're under and they're realizing something just does not add up about the situation in which it did not, you know? And so now we come to find out that this whole situation was a hoax. Well, you know, a lot of people are also concerned. You're saying that a baby is walking on the interstate at nighttime that's unresponsive to you. And so people are going to be concerned, not just for your well-being, but for the child's well-being as well. From what I also understand, people also seen her out and about 
they seen her during her time of going missing, allegedly, she was out and about. And there were certain people that recognized her. And when they would, you know, say, are you Carly or whatnot? She would just, you know, get lost. She got scared. And so no one that's having a mental breakdown does things like this. You kind of just start crying. You get emotional. You don't want to go outside, you know, but you don't you don't create these elaborate hoaxes. And I think that it's BS that people spent their time and their energy looking for her and how all of these people use their hard-earned money to donate to Carly and to hear that they're not getting it back. And the fact that she played on a lot of people's emotions, especially um, the mother whose young daughter went missing and was killed, unfortunately, that lived in Alabama as well. And the fact that, you know, the mother even spoke out about the situation and said, you know, she had no idea that this was a hoax. She really thought that Carly was missing. And she jumped at the occasion of helping her in this situation because, you know, there was a chance that her daughter may not, there was a chance that Carly may not be able to make it home. And for her to know the feeling of having a missing child and the child not being able to make it back home to her, she was going to do everything within her power to make sure that she helped. And to hear that, you know, she made this all up is just, it's bullshit. And she needs to be prosecuted. This isn't about race. Um, This is about the fact that this is a young lady who created this elaborate lie to be vindictive. Now, I definitely feel like, though, the cops should have looked for her, regardless if people thought that the situation was suspicious, which there was a lot of people that kind of thought the situation was suspicious from the beginning. I still think that they should have looked for her because you never know. You never know. What if Carly did not make it back? Luckily, she was able to. But there's always that question if they didn't act on, you know, these people's feelings about, you know, this uh, Carly going missing. The cops did right by acting on the community's outcry to finding Carly Russell because there was always that chance of Carly not being able to make it home. And so it's better to look for her than to hear all of the what ifs. And I'm also hearing in regards to this whole Carly Russell situation is that because the uh, spa that she had worked for got so much negative attention because of the fact that they had Carly Russell working for them, they went ahead and fired her because of all the bad press that was coming out. There was a lot of harassment that they were um, receiving from people and um, some threats that were coming their way. And so it's also funny to me that, you know, she was talking about how to the side chick and the message she sent to the side chick that, you know, she's a nurse and this, that and the third. But for what I understand also, she flunked out of nursing school. So this girl not only lost her job, she flunked out of nursing school. The community that went searching for her in Hoover, Alabama, is fucking pissed off at her. And, you know, the parents went on national TV and they were covering for her. And now I don't feel like the parents are responsible for the situation. You know, they are going to do what's in the best interest of their child. And any parent would do that. Let, let's just face it. Even if our children do wrong a lot of times in a situation like this, you're going to do the best you can to protect them. I really do believe that the parents thought that Carly was missing. And in watching the interview that the parents did after Carly was found, you can tell that they were uneasy in that interview. You can tell that they knew the truth and they were disheartened by it. But because 
their loving parents and they want to do the best to protect their child, they lied for them. But you can see the father's energy seemed a little off. You can tell he knew that this was a lie and he wanted to say it, but he couldn't out of wanting to protect his daughter. So in the end, it wasn't even worth it. You lost your man. You lost your job. You flunked out of nursing school. Your man cheated on you. Girl, you're just having a bad freaking year, honey. So... I mean, this is just a a learning lesson for everybody else as well, that if you want to create this elaborate ass hoax, you can you can uh, think about what happened to Carly Russell, child. You don't want to end up like homegirl. But um, on that note, I want to segue into another topic, which is the these IG influencers that um, are out here scamming now. And looking at a lot of these influencers, there is this perception that they make so much money and they be flexing on people on social media. But the real gag is a lot of these influencers are struggling and a lot of them are not solely living off the money that they're making on social media, on IG, on TikTok, on YouTube, because think there's a shift that started to happen with the pandemic. And I really think a lot of the influencers that are starting that started to dabble in a lot of illegal activities started to happen during the pandemic. Remember, everything was shut down. You know, a lot of these girls, you know, on their IGs prior to the pandemic, you know, they're showing themselves going on all of these elaborate vacations and having all of these designer clothes and saying, well, I got this and flexing all their money and showing themselves going on private planes and whatnot. And so there was there's been this illusion over the years when it comes to influencers that they're living these elaborate lifestyles, which in reality, reality, a lot of them are not or a lot of them are doing, you know, illegal things in order to keep up with the lifestyle. So this economic shift that started to happen because of the pandemic of people losing their jobs and not really making any money, people are tired of looking at these social media influencers and seeing them floss their elaborate lifestyles when they know that they are people that are struggling out here. You know, a lot of people are struggling and they're getting tired of seeing, you know, all of this flaunting, all of this flexing that's going on. So a lot of people have stopped buying into the life of these influencers. Um, And so because of that, a lot of them have lost money. They're not really making money like they used to. And, you know, when I used to look at a lot of these influencers, I used to always question how are they getting flown out? Like you never really see them working All you see is these, you know, really beautiful women going to all of these exotic, taking all of these exotic vacations, chartering these private planes, riding around in luxury vehicles, but you never really see them working. There's no verifiable income. And so in finding out what I've kind of found out over the years about a lot of these influencers, which is. Some of the times they'll go to like these um, designer stores like Chanel. And from what I understand, they'll ask, you know, the employees that work there if they could buy some of their their bags, meaning like their shopping bags and put, you know, things in there to make it look like they're buying things. But they're actually walking out with empty boxes. They're, They're not purchasing any items from Chanel. They're just buying their bags to make it to make the illusion seem like. They really got it and they're flaunting and they're flexing all for social media. Another really big thing for a lot of these influencers and how they're getting money is yachting. 
yachting really is another form of escorting. So you'll have a lot of times you'll see these influencers on social media, like I said, going to all of these exotic places and some of them are chartering yachts. And they're they're chartering these yachts, traveling around to all these exotic places because they're escorting. I always wonder who the hell owns the yacht. How are you on this yacht? Who owns it? You don't show what you do for a living. So there's no way it's your money that's paying for all of this. And so um, people are starting to get hip to a lot of stuff. Now, I want to talk about two girls. Well, I'm going to talk about three girls. But there's one particular case that involves two girls. Um, There's this singer and songwriter. Her name is Raquel Rocky Antiola. And she is from Van Nuys, California. She's written for some really big name artists. Um, One in particular is Chris Brown and Chloe Bailey. Uh, She wrote their latest song um, and she has some writer credits on there. And she seems to be pretty successful on her IG. You see her posting a lot of videos of her work and her music and she's promoting it. And so... You never really think that she would be involved in this whole cocaine bust along with this designer. So in this cocaine bust, there was another person that was involved and her name is Melissa DeFore and she is from Florida. And on her social media account, she peddles herself as being a uh, fitness designer and she makes clothes. So these two influencers got caught up in a drug trafficking case. And apparently they was riding down the highway in Alabama on the interstate and they got pulled over. Um, And this was allegedly from a routine traffic stop. Now, here's here's the thing about this whole situation. It looks suspicious to me that these two girls got pulled out over on the highway due to a traffic violation, actually. It drove from Texas all the way to Alabama, and they were pulled over for a traffic violation. And during this traffic violation, um, when the police officers were questioning them about where where they were going because they had Texas uh, license plates plates, and so uh, in in questioning them about you know what they were doing in Alabama, they explained to them that they had went to a party in Texas, and that uh, one of her uh, Melissa's boyfriend had sent over a car from Atlanta to them in Texas. They were too intoxicated to drive directly, you know, back to Atlanta initially. So they stayed in Texas for a couple of days. Eventually they got on the road and they were headed from Mobile, from Mobile, Alabama, all the way to uh, Atlanta to meet up with this alleged boyfriend. Now, we don't know the identity of this boyfriend or anything like that, but the police started to grow suspicious because in questioning these two ladies, they started to realize that their, uh, you know, the reason for why they were going to Atlanta, driving all the way there, seemed a, b- a little bit suspicious, and the the story seemed to be off, and so that cautioned them to bring in canines, drug canines, to take a sniff around the car. So in them releasing these dogs, and these dogs are just out sniffing around the car, looking, you know, to see if there's f- they find anything. And they find something. They find something in several places inside of this vehicle. So they found that there was an aftermarket uh, 
part in the car that was sealed to one of the back seats. And in them taking this apart, they found 217 pounds of cocaine stashed in the back seats, in the floorboards, and other compartments around this vehicle. And this cocaine was valued at about $2.1 million. Now, let me just tell you this. If I am driving to a whole different state in Alabama of all goddamn places, now you know damn well you can't be black and drug smuggling in Alabama, honey. That is not the place that you want to get caught up in. A lot of little cities around Alabama are still sundown places. So that's the last place you want to get caught up because you know damn well they're going to throw the book at your ass. So if I am smuggling drugs across state border lines, I'm going to be driving as cautiously as possible. I'm probably going to be driving 50 miles a goddamn hour so that way I won't get caught up. But these two idiots are out here driving recklessly that caution the police to pull them over. And to me, if you're doing this whole situation, if you're over here drug smuggling, you would at least think you would have the same goddamn story. How do you and how do you not have the same story? And I don't believe for one minute, y'all, that this is their first time. If someone is going to give you that amount of drugs, to me, that leads me to, to think that you have done this several times before. But for whatever reason, this time you were just sloppy with it. Now, I really feel like this, someone dropped a dime on them. I feel like they were under surveillance and the cops saying that this was, you know, due to a traffic violation. I kind of don't believe that in a sense, because number one, when you're doing a traffic, when you're conducting a traffic violation, right? You're, you, of course, you're going to ask them some questions. You're going to run their insurance, yada, 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 run their identities, all of that good stuff. But you're not going to send out canines out to sniff around the car, even if they're they're, uh, you know, the reasoning for why they're in this state doesn't make sense to you. Um, and a lot of times these cops will say that they're doing, you know, um, traffic stops or whatnot when they're actually looking for someone. And I, and I, and part of the reason why I came to this conclusion is that someone dropped the dime on them is largely because Mobile, Alabama, that interstate especially, is a port interstate. So there's a lot of traffic that's coming through that area. And it's a major highway that's connected to a lot of other states. Um, Atlanta, you know, people are coming from all over California, Texas. So to me, it seems like the police had been on surveillance for them for quite some time, the feds especially. And I think that they just got caught up. Now, in this article that I recently read in regards to an update on this particular case, they were saying that the police believe or the feds believe that these girls had been drug trafficking since November of last year. So, I mean, they had been doing it for a while, but not super long. So they're still kind of amateurs, right? So then it kind of makes sense to an extent why they were a little sloppy with coming up as a, a reasoning behind it. And I'm also sure with them being, you know, women and stuff like that, they probably, you know, if they've ever been stopped before, they were probably able to, and attractive women at that, 
they were probably able to weasel their way out of, you know, any further questioning. But I believe that they had been on surveillance. So for them to be sloppy with the reasoning behind it, for these people, whoever gave them, you know, the drugs to allow them to do this, I mean, is insane. Like they had to be in a high level. They were connected, obviously, to someone that was in a high level position to trust them with that amount of drugs. So that says a lot about how high up they were connected. Now, both women were placed behind bars right after this incident had happened. And during this incident, one of the young ladies who was a driver, Melissa Delfour, that owns the uh, fitness uh, clothing line, she calls a lawyer during this time. And she get the lawyer gets on the phone and talks to all the police officers. And so to me, that also looks a little bit suspicious as well, because if you didn't do anything and you're saying that you're just driving through the state to Atlanta to go meet up with your boyfriend, why do you need to call your lawyer? And that's because she wanted to try to cover her tracks. So they were placed behind bars and their bond was set at one million dollars. Now, for those of you that don't know, typically, if your bond um, is set for a certain price, you only really need to pay 10 percent of that in order to get out of jail. So in this case, since the bond was set at one million dollars, they would only have the 10 percent of that would only be one hundred thousand dollars. And here's the reason why I'm also saying, you know, some of these IG influencers are pretending like they're living these lavish lifestyles, but they really ain't got it is because both of these chicks were not able to bond out of prison. This whole scenario happened June 1st of this year. Okay. And for two months, they sat in jail and they were not able and they did not bond themselves out. One of the young ladies, Melissa, had tweeted, you know, she's got all this money, she's rich, she's happy, she's healthy, she's living her life. Well, girl, if you're rich, happy, and healthy, how come you can't afford $100,000? I mean, these girls literally had articles written about them prior to it coming out that they were over here drug smuggling. And so you would think that they had all this money. You know, Rocky, she had seemed like a pretty successful singer and songwriter from what we see on her social media. And Melissa Delfour, who's a fitness designer seemed to be doing really well for herself um she was there was an article that was written about her clothing line in the medium uh, magazine and so you know this goes to show you that a lot of these influencers or people are struggling and like i said a lot of them are struggling now because now that people are losing their jobs and they're in financial ruin, they're not funding a lot of these influencers' lifestyles anymore. You know, a lot of these companies that were, you know, sending products to a lot of these influencers aren't really paying them what they used to pay anymore because a lot of people are not really out here being able to afford these high-end luxury brands. The average person isn't able to. So therefore then, if the average person, the consumer, is not buying into these luxury brands, they're not going to pay these influencers a whole lot of money right now in order to promote these products. So a lot of these influencers have to find other means of income in order to keep up with the lifestyle and illusion that they live. If these girls were doing so well for themselves, being singer-songwriters and fashion designers, why do you need to get into illegal activity and be smuggling drugs? You don't need to if you're really doing well. And, you know, Rocky on her Twitter account was talking about some of the people that she had written for and stuff like that. But 
on one of the songs, the the recent song that she had written for Chloe Bailey and uh, Chris Brown, I seen that there were like eight other songwriters that had contributed to contributed to writing the song. And so in that split, you have to think like there's certain percentages because there's so many songwriters. There's only a certain amount of percentage that each songwriter is going to get. OK. And so because there's eight people, you're really not going to get a whole lot of money. And, you know, here's another thing to keep in mind, you know, when it comes to the entertainment industry is it's a very hard industry. Um, We're all hearing what's going on with the whole SAG after a situation where, you know, people see the Denzel Washingtons. They see the success that can come with being in the um, movie industry where, you know, you have Denzel who's successful. Um, You have so many other people that have reached to greater heights and that are making millions of dollars. However, those aren't the faces of the industry. The faces of the industry are the people that are behind the scenes, the writers, the directors, the screenwriters, um, the PAs, the uh, background talent that is present at a lot of these um, films and movies and the little actors. And if these people aren't consistently working jobs, they're not making any income. Like we have to think about most of the time there's a one time payout for a lot of these movies. And yes, sometimes these, you know, entertainment artists, they do get residuals. But a lot of times they're not really getting a whole lot of money in residuals. So a lot of them are struggling to make ends meet. And I don't think that people realize how bad people are struggling right now with the whole AI situation where a lot of people, you know, a lot of these AIs are starting to take over some of these, you know, animation jobs and, you know, the writing jobs, you know, that that takes out a big chunk of income for a lot of the people that work within the industry. So in regards to Rocky, who is the singer and songwriter, I mean, she seems to do well, but I've never seen her her songs on the billboards. I've never seen them go number one. So unless your shit really goes to number one and it's a skyrocket hit, majority of the time, you're not really getting a whole lot of money. And consider the fact that people are no longer buying albums. Everybody streams. And the artists only get a very small portion of the streaming money. I mean, it it calculates to nothing more than just a couple of cents per stream. While a lot of these streaming services, they're making a whole lot of money off of these artists. I remember um, I had I used to have a friend who was a producer and um, he I mean, I've seen the plaques. I've seen the artists that he worked for, that he had written for. He's written for some pretty big name artists and he's produced some music for some really le- some big name legends within the industry. And this guy was living in a modest apartment. He wasn't living in a condo. He didn't have a house. He couldn't afford a house. He was working a regular nine to five job as a um, assistant at a law firm company. And so he explained to me that the while he wrote for some pretty successful artists over the years, they didn't go to number one. He was explaining it's how hard it is in order to, you know, make enough money to sustain your lifestyle, being a producer or just being in the music industry as a whole. And so you could write for an artist, but unless that record that you're writing for goes number one, you're not really making a whole lot of money off of that. So therefore, then you have to get a regular job just like everybody else. So for Rocky, 
although she's writing for some of these artists, not all of these records that she's writing for are going number one. Take that into account with sometimes she's also writing with other people. It's not just her that are getting writer credits. So if you have to break that down in percentages, she's only getting, they're all getting just a small percentage of the piece of the pie. So you have to sometimes find other avenues of making money. So the easiest route is to drug deal in this particular case. And so the same thing for Melissa. You know, she is this designer who's had articles written about her and, you know, the things that she's done as far as her fashion line. But yeah, she's out here smuggling drugs. And why? You're peddling yourself as being this wealthy clothing designer, but you're over here smuggling drugs. And that has to do with the fact that people are probably not buying her clothing like that. People are not buying her fitness clothing like they probably once were, especially with people, you know, losing their jobs due to the pandemic and also to keep up with their lifestyles. Sometimes a lot of times these influencers overspend. They spend too much money. And so they could get seventy thousand dollars for, you know, three days worth of work and they'll go out and fuck it off buying a Birkin bag, buying some designer shoes, you know, going on a luxury vacation because they're trying to front for the gram. <laughs> I'd rather live a more modest lifestyle and be able to have a savings account and not have all that designer shit than be getting caught up in a drug case trying to front for the gram for people who don't even know me, who don't even give a damn about me. It's stupid. It's silly. But that's what this new generation is about. This Gen Z is completely about this whole flex culture. And I've discussed it before in one of my previous uh, podcasts where I talked about these IG influencers going around getting these butt shots to, you know, look all good and front and make it seem like they're living these lifestyles. But yet a lot of them are getting botched surgery. In this particular case with these two ladies, it looks like the Alabama state has the state has dropped the uh, charges and they had released the two women. However, the feds got a hold of the case and they're deciding they're going to move forward with prosecuting these two girls. And um, now they're being held in a federal prison. So here's an article that I want to read up to off to you guys in regards to the update from this trial um, from this case. So it says U.S. prosecutors indicated today the three million cocaine trafficking case involving singer-songwriter Raquel Rocky Antiola is expected to be lengthy as they anticipate a complex investigation. The rising vocal talent from Van Nuys, California, was arrested June 1st when she was a passenger in a black SUV on Interstate 10 heading through Mobile County. She has remained in Mobile Metro Jail for nearly two months on a $1 million bond with a $50,000 cash component. Antiola was arrested on the roadside along with the driver, athletic brand entrepreneur Melissa Dufour of Miramar, Florida. After local law enforcement pulled the vehicle for a traffic violation, a search of the vehicle discovered the SUV was elaborately modified with hidden storage compartments, which contain 85 bricks of cocaine weighing 217 pounds. Preliminary hearing was expected to take place Tuesday morning, July 25th, before Mobile County District Judge Biro Chiriagotis. 
However, the state prosecutors unexpectedly moved to drop the case. Instead, Antioli and Dufour were arraigned on two federal drug charges before U.S. Magistrate Judge Catherine P. Nelson. Later that afternoon, on the fifth floor in the U.S. courthouse in downtown Mobile, dressed in black outfits, shackled and wearing Croc sandals, both women were read out their rights and pleaded not guilty to conspiracy to possess drugs with the intent to distribute and to and possession of drugs with the intent to distribute. The federal indictment filed last month reveals both women are alleged to have been operating in drug trafficking since as early as November 2022. If convicted, Antioli and Dufour face potential penalties running from 10 years to life in prison and as much as $10 million in fines. Assistant U.S. Attorney George May confirmed Nelson, the state of Alabama, dropped charges earlier that day. He said federal prosecutors were surprised by the move, but they have filed a motion to detain both subjects in the custody of the U.S. Marshal. Judge Nelson proposed a trial setting in October of this year. However, May said prosecutors expect they will need additional time to conduct a voluminous discovery process and that the case should be considered complex. During interviews with authorities, Dufour stated she and Antiola left the Miami area on Monday, May 29th, to go to Houston, Texas to attend a cookout party. And the vehicle she was in was her boyfriend's, who brought it to her from a- Atlanta. And Teola claimed she had flown from Los Angeles to Miami to attend her cousin's graduation, but later left with Dufour when she couldn't get a ticket. Neither woman could give detail on how her boyfriend returned to Atlanta and could only provide one name from the party they attended. Dufour and Antiola claimed they were drunk the night of the party and were brought back to their hotel room via taxi, leaving the vehicle behind. Both women claimed that they hung out at their hotel for a couple of days, retrieved their vehicle, and then left to go to Atlanta. Before searching the vehicle on the I-10 roadside, someone claiming to be an attorney spoke with the sheriff's deputy on the scene via Dufour's cell phone. The individual claimed he will be requesting dash cam footage as well as training records from the dog. He also collected the names and badge numbers of the officer's presence. The SUV they were traveling in had Texas dealer tags. Its back seat was modified with a steel aftermarket compartment. The SUV's floor had also been lowered and welded back together to provide more storage room. The second compartment was located in the back of the SUV where the side panels were hollowed out. Now, expect these two chicks to be singing like a canary and ratting each other out. Um, Rocky, in her defense from her attorney, the defense is that she was only the passenger of the car. That's what she that's what her defense attorneys are using as her involvement in the situation. So it's only a matter of time before everything starts coming to the surface about what's happening who's all involved in the situation and what's going to happen. I mean, like they said, it's a, like the officer said, it's a very complex investigation. They're going to obviously need a little bit more time to investigate it. So the fact of it being complex means that there's a lot of people that are involved in this whole situation. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this case. So now I want to get on to the last person I wanted to talk about in this influencer scamming situation. So there is an influencer um, by the name of Laya Mai, and she's out of the UK. She's influencer from the UK and beautiful girl. 
um, on her IG page, all you see is pictures of her, you know, on vacations and these exotic vacate taking these exotic vacations all around the world. You know, she's got the Kim Kardashian aesthetic body with the overly inflated behind and the, you know, big boobs and you know, the whole baddie IG aesthetic going on, essentially. And um, recently she got caught up from for stealing watches from a turkey jewelry store. And so, a, 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 you know, apparently she has been arrested and she's been detained in Turkey um, for her crimes. And it's been said that she is not the only one that's been involved in this whole uh, jewelry heist. There was two other males involved in this, as well as one female. And apparently also this isn't her first time getting caught up for stealing. Um, It's been said that some time ago she got caught up from stealing from another male. She had apparently went to um, a male companion's house and there was some jewelry that ended up missing there. However, it said that in the UK, I guess, they don't necessarily take uh, stealing of jewelry too seriously. It's it's not something that they the police really take into account. So she was never prosecuted for that particular situation. Um, but in a post someone had sent out about the situation, they had also attached a video to it. And you can see her in what looks like a Turkish police station. And there's a video of her. And then there's another video where you see her running really fast from the camera. I guess whoever was taking the video was trying to be a little discreet about it. And it looks like Laya had caught wind that this girl was recording her and tried to skedaddle. So in one of the posts that was made about the situation, it says, to whom this may concern, Laya Mai is currently sleeping in a police station in Turkey after being arrested for stealing two watches. There were two males involved and an additional female whom she passed on the watches to, all of which are suspected to be UK residents. See, she is scheduled to attend court tomorrow at 9 a.m. in relation to these charges. She is currently facing up to one year in Turkish prison as she has been caught red-handed on CCTV meeting up with her accomplices to hand over the stolen watches. If you are in possession of the stolen watches, you need to help your friend by bringing them back to this and the matter can be resolved. So, you know, once again, like I stated before, a lot of these influencers ain't got it. A lot of them are you know, hoeing. They're going to Dubai. They're getting flewed out to all of these exotic places for the purpose of escorting in order to make money. This particular girl, um, I never really seen her do too many ads for other companies. I've only ever seen pictures on her IG of her, you know, taking vacations to all of these places across the world and showcasing her body. That's the only thing that I've ever seen. So that leads me to believe that she's escorting and you know, when things are slow from time to time, she will sometimes rob the tricks that she's dealing with and she got caught up. So again, you know, this lets you know that you should never be envious of people's lifestyles because you really never know how people are actually getting their money. A lot of the people are not getting their money legitimately, especially a lot of these influencers, and they're not really racking in money like that anymore. 
like I said, with the recession going on, the job loss and everything, you know, the average person is not buying into this influencer lifestyle anymore. So that's leading a lot of these influencers to do a lot of these illegal side activities that's going on. And a lot of them now are getting caught up and exposed in which they should. So Sometimes it's just better off being regular, degular, and schmegular, honey. There's nothing to envy. Um, and at the end of the day, you will at least have at least have your peace of mind and your freedom. So just keep that in mind, y'all. Do not envy people because you never know. And on that note, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. As you already know, I am your host, Kyra. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button and follow me on IG at Vibe Selection Podcast. And because it is summertime, y'all make sure that you go ahead and check out the Vibe Selection merch store to get you one of those nice little water bottles to keep cool during this hot summer. Um, and you can get that at www.tc.com spring.com slash vibe selection. I'll see you all guys next week. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy out there. Bye. Thank you for joining vibe selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.